Hello, all you Moon Knight fans out there. You're listening to Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Ray. And I'm your other host, Connor. And we're here to cover basically everything you ever wanted to know about Moon Knight. So sit back, relax, and get your conchu on. Connor. I don't know about you, but I'm pretty pumped for tonight. Uh, this is our first episode. Crazy, crazy. I mean, we've been slowly building up to this, but got everything sorted. Yeah, before you know it, um, it was a lot of talk, and then just like wham, we're here. So, um, so listeners out there um, who we like to affectionately call loonies, um, what we're first going to do is just basically give you a little rundown um, on from both of us, uh, you know, who we are, what we like, um, and also how we know each other, and why we like Moon Knight. So, um, I'll kick off first. Uh, my name's Ray, I'm from New South Wales in Australia, um, and I uh, used to collect comics in high school, um, and I kind of stopped around 1993, I was I was in the uh, that whole 90s phase, I loved it, I was a big X-Men fan, um, but towards the end of high school, I kind of uh, dropped off it. Uh, did other things, um, you know, studied, you know, got a job and all that. Um, but I always kind of had an affinity with that, with comic books. So uh, around, I think, 2000, when the X-Men movies came out, um, I, I kind of jumped on board. And, and I guess ever since, you know, with Robert Downey Jr., 2008, Iron Man, kind of back into it, really loved it. I, I started going to libraries, um, found Marvel Unlimited, uh, started reading that. Uh, then I thought, heck, you know, um, they've got digital comics. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna collect them, and then it just snowballed into. Let's go visit, see, you know, let's see if Kings is still around. Uh, I found Kings. They're pretty much where they were, kind of in the city, um, and yeah, here I am collecting comics again, mainly Marvel um, and Valiant, uh, a little bit of Image, and unfortunately no DC. Um, but I hope to change that. Uh, how about you, Connor? Well, um, I'm not, I mean, I'd say a fair bit up, but I'm still Australia. I'm in uh, Queensland, Toowoomba, and uh, I'm a fair bit younger than Ray, so when it comes <laughs> down to really getting into comics, I suppose, you're really looking at end of 2015 for me. Um, I, I'd been a big uh, manga reader, and a friend just kept telling me to read Ultimate Spider-Man, just kept hammering me, and I went, all right. And then dived in that and just fell in love. And I just had to read all of it. So I discovered Marvel Unlimited. And, you know, paying what was 11 bucks a month, I was just reading through comics. Yeah. And I just had to get on board. And, um, it's yeah. It's a great went, deal, isn't it? Like 11 bucks. Yeah, well, I mean, you got access to all of Moon Knight on there. It was good for <laughs> researching this episode. And, uh, yeah, oh, Public Library was great for getting me into it. And,. How I really sort of got into it is one day just scrolling Facebook and a little ad pops up. It says, um, Serious Issues Comic Book Podcast. And I thought, give this a listen and what do you know? Great first episode and they had a group chat. So you kind of get on board that, see what everyone's picking up and get on board. And I may have just met one Ray on there. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a great, um, it's a great uh, podcast and a great Facebook group. Um, it's just kind of skyrocketed in the last, what, last month or so, would you say, kind of? Was it 1.5 thousand members now? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it's crazy. Every time I look at it, it kind of 
um, shifts up by about 30 or 50, 50 members. Um, yeah, so that's definitely, that's exactly how I kind of met Connor as well. Um, they had a, a nice little group chat room. Uh, and by the way, Connor is, um, oh my gosh, he's an encyclopedia of, of comic <laughs> book wealth. Um, I can't believe he started in 2015. Um, Connor has uh, has owned a lot of knowledge um, on that on that other um, Facebook group, uh, and I think everyone kind of kind of looks towards you here yeah, for manga. Yeah, well, I mean, being a being a high school student, downtime you just just reading through, so still fresh. <laughs> yeah, far out, and and of of course we um we both have uh, a, a liking towards Moon Knight. Um, let me ask you, Connor, then. So what what kind of mate? you a Moon Knight fan? Well, um, going through Marvel Unlimited, he was... I didn't actually know of any of his runs, but he kept popping up. Like, I was reading classic Iron Man, and there's a very famous old Iron Man issue with him, and I was like, oh, what's he? And kind of was looking through forums, and that's where there was, like, a getting a Moon Knight, and I found the uh, Huston runs. Houston? Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. (laughs) And... (laughs) Who knows? I mean, just picking up that comic and a... reading through it it was just such a it was very intense very full-on sort of hero you hadn't seen before yeah and and there's really i mean people might complain about likeness to batman that's been an argument for year years but that time i'd never seen a hero like him i just had to know had to know everything about it so picked up those epic collections went through his back history and just fell in love and the the good thing, the beautiful thing about Moon Knight um, volumes, I find, is that each one of them is quite distinct and quite different. You know, you talk about the uh, the Houston run, which is awesome. it's got to be one of my favourites, totally. Mm-hmm. You know, um, quite dark, um, uh, quite brutal and gritty. And then you look at like the latest um, volume by Lemire, which I think is uh, is now certified canon uh, for for Moon Knight. Uh, with him concentrating on on his uh, multiple personality aspects, um, I think it's just really great that there's a diversity there. Uh, look, I, I um, I'm, I'm just big on street level heroes myself, mm. so I'm actually a big I'm a big Daredevil fan. Um, and what the internet has told me was that <laughs> um, there are even bigger D- Daredevil fans out there, um, <laughs> massive fanatical fans, which I I love to. I love to see their enthusiasm for him. Um, so Daredevil, Punisher, I love, um, uh, yeah, the Defenders, I guess. Um, and Moon Knight kind of falls in that as well. So um, I collected Mark Spector back in the 90s. I, I loved um, I loved it, but looking back, the 90s is a very distinct uh, <laughs> distinct era, right? Uh, distinct uh, artwork, distinct storytelling. Um, so looking back... Um, it was good. It was a bit confusing, um, but really, what got me on board was uh, was the Ellis Bun and Wood Run, uh, which I just loved. I thought that was great. Introducing Mister Knight, um, and then obviously uh, Jeff Lemire uh, and Greg Small just cemented that. So uh, after that, I quickly just I gobbled up all the back issues. I was on a, a big hunt to get all the trades, um, which I've nearly got. Um, yeah, and excited at the potential of uh, of the next the next Netflix show, potentially, or movie. Yeah, when it comes uh, down to it, you hear Ray collecting everything. Think of him as the proverbial Moon Knight. I'm more the Midnight. I'm, I'm the sidekick. I'm still, I'm still learning this Moon Knight gig. 
Well, I hope uh, oh God, I hope you're not out to kill me then, <laughs> <laughs> like Jeff like Wilde. But um, yeah, no, look, I, I think we we both just really appreciate Midnight, and there are a lot of fans out there. I mean, um, we've just got a, a little plug. We've 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 got a, a Facebook group um, which will be called Into the Night, um, a Moon Knight fan group or fan base. Um, we're not too sure yet. It was actually it was originally called Fist of Conchu, and I actually um, sent something today just to let the group members know that I'm going to change it, but they don't know that this podcast is coming out. So um, hopefully by the time you listen to this, uh, you'll know why. Yeah, someone sadly stole uh, Fist of Conchu as a podcast name a few years back, but uh, I think we're doing yeah. pretty all right with Into the Night. Yeah, yeah, no, I think it's good. Into the Night with a K. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... Um, yeah, so Connor, what are we what are we doing in this episode? Well, I mean, I'm sure everyone coming here is a bit of a Moon Knight fan, but you might have a few that aren't. But even still, this episode, we just want to go through everything, a bit briefly, just go through Moon Knight's entire history, get set up with all the runs, characters, just a, a bit of everything to get you excited for what's to come and all the issues and discussions we'll be having in future episodes. Yeah, exactly. Um... Yeah, and, and for the future episodes, um, what we hope to do is to keep you up to date with the latest news of anything Moon Knight. Um, it's actually a bit a bit sparse at the moment. Um, we're all kind of hanging out for, um, for Legacy and his new title. Uh, but in the following episodes, we'll start actually looking at um, what we deem as a, a current run. So we'll, we'll revisit the Lemire um, run. Uh, in depth, so by issue, uh, and we'll also look at uh, a potential a classic run as well. Um, so we've got something lined up there, just to just to kind of whet your appetite for how Moon Knight was back in the day. Um, you know, speculation, um, a- any news on past Moon Knight alumni like um, Greg Smallwood or Jeff Lemire? They they all seem to be hanging around uh, Google News. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I mean, trust Moon Knight to be the one legacy title really unannounced so far. Yeah, yeah. oh gosh, we've been waiting ever since... Uh, actually, I thought he would have been announced at uh, San Diego Comic Con, right? Yeah, but, I mean, is there any big sort of panels coming up we can look forward to? Um, New York Comic Con, oh. I think. Um, just as an aside, I just saw today... Uh, um, to do with Valiant, actually, um, Bat in the Sun. They'll be releasing, I think, one of the episodes for Ninjak versus the Valiant Universe, um, potentially at the New York Comic Con. So, um, look, these Comic Cons now are, are, seem to be more geared towards uh, uh, movies and TV shows, mm. um, but hopefully, you know, hopefully we'll get something with Moon Knight then. Or Moon Knight Netflix series. We can always hope. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Far out. I, I want to even just do a dedicate a, a segment to. Um, when the Defenders is out to just, you know, try and pick if we can find a cab somewhere. Or, <laughs> cab or Watch a, 2017. Yeah, yeah. Or Actually, I was even thinking um, maybe Danny Rand, um, being the billionaire that he is, might bump into a certain Stephen yeah. Rand. So that would be pretty cool. But uh, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, let's dive right in. Um, oh, actually, before we do that, um, Connor... Um, out of all of the Moon Knight so far um, that you've read, uh, who would you say your favourite writers and artists? Oh, I mean, 
Jeff Lemire being so fresh just skyrockets to mind and just what he did with Moon Knight's history. I mean, we'll be going through it issue by issue, but some of the changes, shocking yeah. changing. Oh, it's just amazing. His, his other titles as well, Just he's just firing on all cylinders at the yeah. moment, isn't he? He pumps out so many issues a month. Crazy, yeah. man. How about artists? So, Um... I think to go with him, definitely Greg Smallwood. Those two on that um, <laughs> yeah. run was just just a match made in heaven. And I think the other sort of pairing is definitely um, Huston and Finch. Yep. Just, and, um, I mean, he was definitely sort of uh, the, the first one I did, so I got a bit of nostalgia there. And I think everyone loves a bit of a bad boy when it comes to comics. Like, you can never really stray away from that character type and... Yeah. And that was the kind of definition of insane, badass. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. He it definitely is a really good jumping on point. I think the um the Houston Finch, Huston Finch, I don't know. We're, we're gonna have to come up with some sort of <laughs> agreement as to let's just call him Charlie. Um Charlie, <laughs> Yeah, um I think that's a great jumping on point. Uh it, to me it's 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 just so we'll get it's just so cinematic, I think. Um just the opening scene the bottom which is the first arc of, mm. of the uh the charlie and dave finch run is just is just really phenomenal so yeah I, i'd have to say um charlie and finch would be my favorites a, a close second would be lemire and yeah. um and smallwood definitely but look the um here we go here's a challenge the munch <laughs> the munch run um with the sinkevich um uh, bill sinkevich as the artist i reckon they're, they're classics i mean it's a different type of storytelling as well, but um, have you read any... Oh, you, you've obviously read some of that, Connor. Yeah, well, um, uh, yeah, I think I've read all of that run, actually. Maybe yeah. missing a few issues, but yeah, I think um, Sinkevich's art especially lives up. Just Really nice. Like, especially when he gets... Uh, uh, in the later issues, he gets a bit... Um, he gets a bit more fluid uh, and, and a bit more loose with his expressions, um, and it's just something that you don't really see in comics, and I think it's great. Yeah, I mean, um, oh, what was it, issue nine of the run? I mean, so we're doing a bit of homework for you listeners, but there's a very specific set of panels and a almost like uh, yes. clockwise movement of a battle amongst exactly the rafters. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was beautiful. That was with uh, against midnight. Mm. Uh, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. That was really cool. Um, anyway, okay, I think we better jump into it. <laughs> We've got a lot to cover. All right. So, <clears throat> first thing we're going to do is. Uh, look at uh, Moon Knight's history. Okay, so I'm going to kind of start at the very beginning, <laughs> but um, hopefully, you know, we can get it. Th- we can get through it. All right. So his first appearance was in August 1975 in issue number 32 of Werewolf by Night, um, and he initially was um, a villain. So he was hired by um, the Secret Empire, um, which actually I'm a bit confused because of I have not read recently the um, the Werewolf 32 issue, um, but I do know the committee um, was another big kind of big bad corporation. Yeah, against well, I actually read it. Um, oh, what would have been Saturday, so two days prior, and yeah, it, it, I didn't even know it was the Secret Empire. It was very much the committee, which is yeah. is that a big Marvel thing or is that just Werewolf no. by Night? Yeah, I think so. I think well, it's now become very, very Moon Knighty, like the the committee, because the committee comes back um, in the later 
later volumes. But anyway, so he's initially hired um, by the Secret Empire, the committee, um, to take out Jack Russell, the werewolf, basically. Um, and you'll see later on uh, the Secret Empire pops up in the 90s um, in an amazing Spider-Man run called uh, Round Robin, the Sidekick's Revenge with with Moon Knight. Um, Punisher, I think as well, Nova and Night Thrasher, a really good, a really good um, series. Um, and they also pop up again in, uh, in Mark Spector. So that's about Volume 3, um, Issue 20. Uh, that's with Punisher and Spider-Man. So uh, they definitely pop up every now and again and cause trouble for Moon Knight. Um, so apart from Werewolf by Night, um, what had happened was that the audiences um, found Moon Knight quite um, appealing. So Marvel said, OK, we'll give him a bit more of a chance. Um, and due to the popularity, in 1976, um, he was seen in Marvel's Spotlight, so issues 28 and 29. Um, and from that as well, um, in 1980, then he was uh, granted his own ongoing, ongoing series, Volume 1, um, Moon Knight Volume 1, in 1980. Now, we discussed about this before, Connor. Um, there's a bit of a grey area with continuity and, and retconning uh, around this. And what I've gathered um, was first... OK, so this might be a bit confusing for you first-time Moon Knight fans out there, but I'm sure those long-time veterans of Moon Knight will understand this confusion. Um, in Werewolf by Night, and I think in Marvel Spotlight, it references that he was bitten by a werewolf, and that's actually given him, uh, you know, superhuman endurance, um, super strength. Um, but in Moon Knight number one, uh, it's it's more the conventional origin story that Munch tells, right? Even on the official Marvel sort of uh, site where they have their own wiki, they're still talking about... Um, being powered by the moon, like being twice as strong mm. under the moonlight. But yeah, I mean, for something so set up, the first um, Monek run was very sort of. He was very human. He was he was very still very street level. Yeah, and and they've kind of returned to that now. Basically, well, the last few volumes have shown that he's he's pretty much just a normal guy that happens to be a little crazy right he, mm. he um who, who used to be a merc you know kick ass he was a you know so um uh anyway also as well what i noted was back then um in werewolf by night as well as in marvel spotlight he still has the old costume so um munch had uh, and don perlin had designed this uh costume by uh for moon knight which you'll probably recognize on the cover of werewolf um by night number 32 his cape is actually attached to his wrists um, and Munch actually really liked that idea, saying that this is kind of more practical, right? You know, you'd never have a, a Superman cape just flowing in the breeze, right? You'd actually want to have it attached to something. And um, and uh, that obviously forms uh, his glider cape as well. But then you look at Moon Knight number one, and he gets his costume um, from Conchu, right? Um, he dies in the desert, and... Uh, and he drags himself to the tomb, and he sees he sees a statue of Conchu, and he, he grabs the the, the garb. Um, so there's a point of difference there as well. Um, yeah, I mean, how much of Werewolf by Night is even still canon at this point? Because there's no, I suppose, yeah. official documentation of what gets reckoned. But yeah, I I don't think it is. I um I was looking at some um uh, reading some forums, and they're just saying, look, you're just going to have to 
uh, except that it's a parallel universe or a parallel reality, <laughs> you know, and disregard the, the statements that Marlene or, um, or Mark um, refer to, uh, because in Marvel Spotlight they refer to um, things that happened in Werewolf by Night, right? Um, and, in, and in Moon Knight 1 apparently they refer to Marvel Spotlight. So you, you're going to have to kind of detach them from each other it's all very it's all it's all gotten a bit messy um with his with his origin um but i think what we what we're looking at now is basically moon knight um is a merc uh he he meets marlene in the in the desert you know in egypt with bushman he gets shot he uh you know left for dead in the desert he goes to the tomb um and he gets revived or you know uh, resurrected by by Conchu. I think that's I think that's where we're going now, right? Yeah, well, um, definitely. And I think uh, another big part of the origin was don't mess with Bushman. He was a uh, yeah one who threw him out into the desert for yeah. standing up against him. He's pretty scary. He's got like um, he's got like sharpened or um, sharpened teeth, right? He's filed his teeth to be kind of like pointy, and and he takes a bite of uh, Marlene's dad, uh, Peter. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, so he's a bit of a scary... And he's tattooed his face, you know, as well. So he's a bit of a scary dude. What, um... For, why is he called Bushman? That's the only thing I never understood. Was that his actual name, or...? I think it. I think it's his surname. It's like okay. Raoul, Raoul Bushman. Just happens to... Yeah. Um, I think in Moon Knight, uh, Mark Spectre Moon Knight, he, he becomes like a general. One <laughs> 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 I know, it's, it's a bit silly. Again, this is the 90s, uh... The nineties and Mark Spector, Moon Knight. So um, yeah, things get a bit silly, but yeah, yeah, he, that's his surname, I think, because his name is like General General Bushman as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, and anyway, around this time as well. Sorry, if I go back to Marvel Spotlight, um, they did try to retcon straight away that you know he was a villain in Werewolf by Night, but actually. He was infiltrating the Secret Empire, so um, he's actually a good guy, and that's how they kind of quickly glossed over um, that issue of him being a villain. First, of, first of up, first of all, sorry. Yeah, well, I think um, most in- interesting part of this era is how they fleshed him out in what would have been almost twenty issues without sort of uh, his own series. Yeah, it went for about um, thirty-eight, I think, thirty-eight issues. Um, I think. Yeah. And so then, it was quite quite long. And then you had all the stuff before it. You had um, you had two-in-ones, you had spotlights, he was a whole yeah. magazine we'll get to in a bit. That just kind yeah. of fleshed him out so much as sort of a hero, anti-hero, that when he, uh, when we finally got to that 38-issue run, he was uh, quite a bit different from our uh, werewolf fighting man. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean... Uh, yeah, he he featured in Marvel Two in One, um, issue fifty two, I think, with the um, with the thing of all characters, uh, and again he he was yeah, you know he had no superpowers or anything like that. He had his glider cape and he had his uh, fighting prowess, but that was about it. Um, and then he featured in uh, the Defenders, um, issues forty seven through to fifty. So he actually um, was fighting toe to toe with the likes of the Hulk, um, Valkyrie. Hellcat, um, and even Nighthawk back then as well. So um, he was doing his thing until you know, um, until he got his own series. Um, yeah. So as you mentioned, Connor, he also appeared uh, in backup stories to the Hulk magazine, 
Um, and further on, Marvel Previews number 2021. 20, um, and in Marvel Preview number 20, uh, that was the first time he was drawn by Bill Sienkiewicz. So, yeah. yeah, so Bill Sienkiewicz is actually quite um, uh, important to Moon Knight's history. Uh, basically because he's regarded as, you know, one of the best artists who, who um, kind of fleshed out Moon Knight. Yeah, well, um, well, I think the most shocking thing I found out was that he didn't actually have a hand in creating him. That was uh, Perlin. Yeah. But he sort of, I suppose even more than Perlman, defined how he looks. You know, that entire visual language was really him. You know, the way yes. he walked, he attacked, he cape flew. yeah. I mean, you saw him, like, when he when he kind of... His cape always kind of resembles the moon. If you look at the earlier runs, you can see that it's almost like a crescent moon. Um, and that's how Bill Sienkiewicz drew him, which was really good, I thought. Um, but, yeah, uh, very fluid style, um, very nimble. I mean, you look at some of the stuff Moon Knight does in the early issues, um, and he's, like on par with like Daredevil or um, Captain America, you know, doing crazy acrobatic feats. So, um, yeah, Sinkovich definitely did introduce the cape as well, definitely um, changed the look of Moon Knight, kind of gave him a bit more of an edge um, and took him out of that kind of 70s look. So what um, So what really sort of inspired, uh, yeah, help you fill me out my uh, little bit of patchy history as uh, your disgruntled, well, not disgruntled, well... <laughs> Your midnight, well, he became disgruntled, I should say. Yes. Um, what sort of made Monarch and Perlman create him this way? What were the influences on him? Um, yeah, well, I um, again, we were discussing this kind of previously before. I came across this inter- great interview um, with Charlie Huston Houston and uh, and and Munch <laughs> um, or Mensch uh, or uh, yeah, however he's called. Anyway. Um, basically, he said that Moon Knight came about as a direct uh, response to Werewolf by Night. So, what they were looking for was an adversary for Jack Russell, the werewolf. And, uh, you know, what, what do you think of when you think of a werewolf? Oh, you think of a full moon. So, he kind of based uh, Moon Knight's creation on that pretext. Uh, if you look at Moon Knight's crescent darts, uh, which are likened so much to Batman's batarangs, um, no, there's a practical use for it. They're, uh, they're silver, and uh, he actually used them to, um, to to throw at the werewolf. Um, now, it's important to know back in the day as well, apparently, um, this was before Punisher, uh, you couldn't use a character um, wielding guns, right? So the way that Munch got around it was actually, okay, well, let's have him throw crescent darts because mm. they're not exactly guns, they're not knives, you know. Um, so that kind of came about. Um, and obviously the jet and silver or the black and white, that came from the moon as well. Um, and, of course, werewolves are only active at night, so moonlight became a, a nocturnal um, a nocturnal kind of superhero. It's always funny to think that uh, Moon Knight outlived werewolf by night. Yeah, which is a shame because I actually I really like um I really like Jack Russell. He um he pops up uh what's that run the recent run with the monsters? Um he's back with the monsters. Um what's her name? Uh, Is that the wife the... of Oh. The wife of Dead uh Deadpool. Um Queen Sh- Sheba, Sheila. <laughs> Oh, anyway, he, he's he's still hanging around. I think he was also 
he was also featured in Secret Wars not not that long ago. Yeah, was he a part of that um Howling Commandos monster run? I think so. Yep, yep. And I think he was um, part of um, there was a Secret Wars mini on um, Spider Spider Island. Ah, uh, yeah. He was actually in there as well. So yeah, it's a shame that he's gone. Um, obviously, Moon Knight's better. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, but uh, yeah. Well, um, well, yeah. What, um, Werewolf by Night was also Monarch written. Was did he create yes. Werewolf by Night? Like he he did thirty two and thirty three, of course. Thirty three. But... Yeah, I, I don't know. I actually haven't... Um, there's an essential collection um, for Werewolf by Night. Um, I've... No, I've only I've only read 32 and 33, to be honest. Yeah, what you can um, expect from this podcast, all Moon Knight, yeah. chuck everything else away. Exactly, exactly. We've got the blinkers on here, so... Um, yeah, yeah. Um, also, as well, just to, to further on what you're, you're asking about how Moon Knight um, kind of came about from Munch and Perlin, um, Munch didn't want a he wanted kind of like an antithesis hero to the likes of spider-man and the hulk and captain america so where you have your kind of more wholesome um with spider-man definitely your kind of uh larrikin or, or light-hearted take on a hero uh munch was actually keen on creating a darker sort of hero so um that's obviously what happened to to Moon Knight, and he actually got a little little pissed at um, when Marvel started using Moon Knight with the likes of Spidey and and the Hulk as well, um, because he, he felt that they weren't actually compatible. Yeah, well, um, I'm glad we always got the you know the part that Moon Knight doesn't play well with teams, no matter what the run. Yeah. you know, he's always kicked off in the end. Yeah, um, exactly. Was very that much a, a loner? W- was that um? The old two-in-ones, or was that West Coast when it came to it? Monex sort of being a bit mad um, about him showing up. That was... Uh, yeah, it was definitely the West Coast Avengers, mm. I'd say. But uh, I reckon it would have even been the Defenders' um, issues back um, in the in the late 70s. Um, because he does... Oh, I mean, if you read some of them, it's, it's all very light-hearted, you know. <laughs> Um, they're in the mansion. Um, you got Nighthawk just reclining on a couch. I don't know. They're playing ping pong or something. So it's all very kind of, you know, this is our base and it's it's all we're superheroes. Um, I think that was totally against what Munch wanted. Um, so anyway, uh, don't want to dwell too much on this as well. Just uh, broadly speaking as well. Uh, so what happened with Moon Knight Volume One, which we mentioned, kind of Munch uh, retconned the. Um, the origin of Moon Knight, um, it actually went d- to direct sales. So it was actually taken off the newsstands um, and was exclusive to comic book shops. I thought that was interesting. Um, and Munch says, well, Munch has a has a view that it was a great thing, right? You know, you can look at it two ways. He said it was great because with those um, direct sales, there were actually less ads in the comic book issues. So instead of 17-page stories... Um, he was allowed to tell 22, 20, sorry, 25 page stories, and he liked that. And he, and he said also as well, it was unofficial, but with these direct sale comic books, um, it was you could tell more adult kind of tales. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so you'll see like with a lot of yeah, Moon Knight Volume One. Um, I like Munch's writing is so lyrical, I find, and poetic. Um, but there's a lot of there's a lot of tragedy, and and there's a there's a I don't know. There's a sadness to a lot of it as well, which I think is kind of very adult. Yeah, well, I I think that is um, 
that's sort of Moon Knight's big draw that I think the most influential thing he could have done with that um, darker story and not made it just so bloody was him being such a conflicted character with so many personalities, you know. He was always, no matter the situation, he, there was always something weighing down on him. Mm-hmm. History as a mercenary or Bushman, and, mm. you know, it was the real subtle thing because we still had, uh, what was it, the comic code? Yep. That was uh, yeah, yeah. restricting anyone from doing really anything more mature. So, yeah, for a for a character that's fairly well known for cutting off Bushman's face or yeah. the crazy fight scene in uh, the Alice issue five of Moon Knight, um, a, a lot of that early run was really basically subtlety, really. Moon Very yeah, hundred percent. I mean. Like you even look at his rogues gallery early on as well, and he'd be he'd be up against just your, you know, Johnny on the street kind of drug dealer or like that. He didn't really have a defined um, rogues gallery back then. He was very very much a street level guy, um, and so a lot of the action was, um, I guess, what you'd expect. As you said, it was kind of like a, a bit pared back. Um, it's it's not as drastic or as you know as brutal as, as the Punisher would, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and so anyway, just tying that up as well. Uh, so Munch was saying that it was great that it went to direct sales. Um, we um, they had to shift only they had to shift less lesser units compared to like Spider Man. Um, and if you look at it percentage wise, apparently they were more successful because they. Um, they were able to shift a hundred thousand, whereas um, Spider-Man, which published about three hundred thousand, would be able to, you know, make one hundred twenty, one hundred forty thousand, which would still, you know, sell more. But obviously, they had to publish more. So that was what Munch was saying. That was really good that it went to direct sales. Now, the flip side of that <laughs> is uh, the reality of it, um, and apparently, the poor sales because <laughs> of the the low units caused its cancellation in nineteen eighty four. So that was the end of um, that was the end of the volume one, um, and quickly just to wrap up um, the quick comparisons with Moon Knight and Batman, um, we've already discussed the many parallels. But again, Munch has said, "Look, they're totally different characters. Like you only have to look at his multiple personalities to see that he's, you know, totally different. He's got the Egyptian, um, uh, you know, mythology to it as well. Um, he had he had to." A tussle with the werewolves. Um, he's got no compunction to kill, you know, which Batman, you know, from what I understand, doesn't kill. Um, but the big parallel was Bill Sienkiewicz uh, and his art, because he admits that he was a big Neil Adams fan. Uh, Neil Adams was on Batman at the time, um, and he freely admits as well that he kind of pinched a lot of the the Batman poses and uh, and drew them into the Moon Knight um, issues as well. So uh, there were direct parallels for any comic fan. Look, if you if you collected Batman and then you collected Moon Knight, you'd be going, "What the hell? <laughs> These guys are the same, right?" Well, yeah, I mean, not really. <laughs> still, still a few poses, but I think, uh, yeah. yeah, I think, I don't think, uh, I don't even think the stories were all that similar back in the day. Moon, mm. uh, well, I, I think you know the time difference. Batman was tussling with the with the big boys now at the Justice League, so I think, yeah, I think that was uh, sort of one of the more interesting things is how 
I read up about the parallels at the at the time, and you know, it was almost sort of almost an antithesis to um Batman. You know, Batman had sort of become bigger, more technology, and yeah. Moon Knight sort of took took that sort of character type of the fighter of the night, took him back to the street level, mm. made him a man of religion instead of science, and yeah, sort of went from there. I, I, I yeah. think he's he's still got that to that day. I mean. No matter what happens with any run, that's still your yeah. bread and butter. Yeah, I'm I'm happy to see him as quite different from from Batman, and and uh, the latest couple of runs has shown that uh, there's been an emphasis on his, um, um, you know, multiple personalities uh, and his relationship to Conchu, which may or may not be uh, another dimensional character you know um if we're looking at the overvoid from uh, lemire's run that's almost cosmic you know so you know we, we don't know where conchie comes from basically yeah well i mean sorry that was just a bit of a delay there my yeah, no a bit rude yeah i mean actually and that conchie is another thing that sort of pops up and he was really the part if we sort of move on to um Monek's very first volume. Yep. And sort of uh, once we sort of started defining his his sort of outfits and his appearance, um, Honshu was sort of one half of the character. Yeah. Particularly, Monek early on didn't quite have such a sort of grasp on... Not really a grasp, didn't quite have him as such like an overbearing character that Lemire or Ellis or... Um, Charlie would redefine with, but uh, he really—I mean, the whole thing with him being the symbol of that—and d- did he communicate in that early one? Uh, with Conchu, yeah. um, no, no. Um, I'm just going back to issue nine. I'm thinking of that where um, Midnight destroys the statue, and the closest relationship I can think of is um, Mark Spectre and Moon Knight having that connection with the statue, but you don't really see Conchu anywhere. Like, yeah. Yeah, not that I can recall. So, I think... I think if we sort of... To move on to the first volume, I think... Yep. One of the most successful parts about Moon Knight when she had his um, origin was sort of that duality of a mercenary and a, sort of the supernatural. Mm-hmm. And sort of why he became so successful was... Um, he was really sort of your hero on the street with Jake Lockley and sort of driving yeah. around, but a lot of a lot of the storylines and the um, characters were sort of what happened with him as a mercenary. You know, Bushman was always around. You had um, yeah, his brother Randall Spector, mm-hmm. who, funnily enough, first appeared in that Hulk magazine. They were weirdly yeah, fleshing yeah. that stuff out. Yeah, yeah, and sort of, and yeah, that's that's sort of. How they brought him to the to the forefront of popularity? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's a no, it's a strange one. Um, <laughs> um, look, I think we should start. Yeah, let's um, let's go straight into the volumes, right? Yeah. All right. Cool. So, so volume one, we've sort of gone through history, but yes, uh, Moon Knight was a uh, was a mercenary uh, on a trip to Egypt to fight the locals of an archaeological dig where he was allied with Bushmen and 
Mark Spector during that sort of mercenary time was a uh, was really getting paid for it, but he still had his moral code. Bushman was just there for enjoying the killing. Yep. And uh, Bushman started killing locals, and our first sort of heroic oath uh, act, sorry, of um, Mark Spector was defying Bushman, which uh, from killing Marlene, which got him sent out into the desert, bleeding, about to die, when he finds a statue of Conchu under the moonlight mm. and feeling something, reaches yeah. and grabs a gra- uh, gab. No, how do you say it? Garb. Oh. Garb, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, and from there he uh, returns to defeating Bushman, he returns to America to start a life of crime as the uh, protector of the denizens of the night. Yeah, so it, yeah. So it, I mean, what we see is Munch is basically, he, he really wants to kind of set the reset button and uh, he told, you know, your, your typical origin story in issue one, right? Um, and then, you know, obviously he, he goes on to that. I think in volume one, we get a lot of... Um, we get a lot of introductions to some of his supporting cast as well. Um, so we see one of my favourites, Crawley, who's uh, like a, a hobo, um, always has his tea bag, which I love, and he just uses it over and over and over again. Um, then we see Frenchie, you know, his, his um, ex, uh, you know, uh, Merc, Merc um, what, was it? what do you call him? <laughs> a a, uh, a partner in crime. I don't know. He he uh, he was a merc as well. He was sort of um, yeah. He's sort of the um, oh, almost the oracle. You know, he's yeah. always got the copter going, always telling Finn Moon Knight the yeah, information. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And you got Marlene. Um, so yeah, issue one was really good. I think in introducing a lot of the characters, and it's it's available. Um, it's available in Epic Collection. Um, in Volume 1 and Volume 2. Um, I just want to say as well, Volume 2, you can find a review on that, on actually the whole Volume 2, which is massive, um, on a podcast called Signal of Doom. Um, Dave and Stu uh, are the guys there. They do a a great job in actually going through the almost 500 pages, um, which they read in about a week. Um, But it is a a good run. Most of it's Munk. and as well, uh, there's Essential Collection, um, which is a collection of... Uh, it's kind of a newspaper print, uh, three volumes, uh, all the... Basically, most of the volume one run. I think all of it, actually. Yeah. Um, well, they haven't is... quite collected all an epic collection, so... No, no. Well, I'm hoping issue three, there'll be a... Sorry, not issue three. There'll be a volume three of, um, of epic collection, hopefully. Um, so, yeah. I mean, so that's great. We got introduced to a lot of characters, a um, lot of... Uh, sorry villains as well so we we go back to issue nine of moon knight nine and ten being midnight um anton mogart uh again a nice little flourish with a nocturnal kind of themed characters uh midnight was this burglar that can oh that will burgle i think on the stroke of midnight um that's why his his name is is midnight um and moon knight defeats him a couple of times i think in the volume right yeah um well he sort of returns after being pretty badly beaten mm. and sort of boxify, which sort of once again like going back to um, the sort of st- start of our conversation what we were talking about sort of his villains were so street level and so based down that yeah it was just it was really just people you know yeah. and it was this sort Definitely. of cause and effect you know he'd been the one who'd been 
also really badly injured by Moon Knight and returned yes. to fight him. Yeah, yeah, the, and and I'm just looking through um, some of the essential uh, collection now. Just some of the issues uh, in Moon Knight. A lot of these issues are like uh, are like one offs, right? Um, yeah. To Ellis later on. So you got like almost a villain a week. Um, there, there was this. Uh, what am I looking at here? Uh, there's this, there's a the thing where he goes to uh, fight zombies basically in one issue. Um, one of my favourite issues is issue five, which I highly recommend. Um, and that's almost like a horror story thing. It kind of reminded me of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, some kind of psycho family. Um, so he oh, and then he. I think in the earlier issue here, he fights uh, like five assassins, and you know they've each got their special style. One guy's a kung fu expert, another guy's into explosives, um, the other one's into knives. So, so I think I think they were playing a lot with um, just they were playing a lot with um, who Moon Knight can go up against. But there was no real like there's no Joker, right? If you, again we look at the parallels, yeah. there's no Joker. To Moon Knight, um, Bushman's kind of close, but uh, he was pretty much a street level guy. He just fought anyone that was, <laughs> or anything that they came across that kind of committed crime. Yeah, and um, I mean, issue, four, what is it? I think, yeah, issue eight was the one with the werewolves inside the house, and he, he yeah. did really have that supernatural edge, which a lot of characters didn't have at the time because we didn't really have. The Midnight Suns ongoing with it, so Moon Knight was sort of that, also that sort of access to that part of the Marvel universe. Yeah, yeah, it's um, I do like that supernatural aspect. Um, and if anything, that's one of the things I felt. Well, it was intentionally um, uh, avoided by Lemire in the latest volume. Uh, he obviously concentrated on the on the mental issues, which was fantastic. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know about you, but uh, you know, I'm hankering for a, a bit more of a supernatural edge again. Um, yeah. Which would be really fun. That's my real hope with the new volume, you know, kind of get him fighting werewolves again. Yeah. Well, and it would make sense as well. Again, look, if we talk about Netflix, um, we talk, there's talking about uh, Blade coming in. Uh, people want to see Ghost Rider again. It just makes sense if Moon Knight's there. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully they're listening to this podcast, someone from Netflix. Netflix Studios? <laughs> oh, I don't know. We hope, eh? <laughs> um, yeah, um, so... Yep. You go I was just about to say as well, just another great villain that does pop up in um, in Volume 1. Oh, actually, there, there are a fair few of them. We Again, and we'll, we'll try to cover... Um, we'll do spotlights on villains as well. I think they deserve um, attention on themselves as well we have um, Stained Glass Scarlet oh yeah um, she was a very interesting figure and of course Morpheus which um, total mind <laughs> mind blown on him I don't yeah. know what to say he is a freakish character and I actually I think he was a great um, great adversary for Moon Knight uh, what I do find about Moon Knight I really like is that right he's a normal dude right you know apart from the potential effect of the moon um he's basically a guy in a cape with some some nifty weapons but he goes against some really heavy hitters sometimes and he just doesn't care so you got morpheus who's he can shoot like ebon energy off out of his eyes and um he can do all sorts of stuff um moon knight just doesn't care he'll go he'll go find him if he wants yeah and i i think he sort of did have sort of 
almost under issue that he was people of the night, no matter how yes. tough. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so that's that's very admirable from him as well. So how about um, Volume 2, Connor? Well, yeah, just to sort of the final point there as well, I think the biggest enemy of Volume 1, you know, mm-hmm. probably one of the most reoccurring, was uh, his mental his mental state. Yes. And a big draw towards the end of the run once Monek had sort of built up this character was that Moon Knight's identities of Stephen Grant and Jake Lockley and any his entire, like, or tunnels, like train train tunnels of all these identities were sort yeah. of turning in on him. And he was going insane and Marlene just couldn't handle it. Yeah. So he broke up and Concha had gone and he was sort of, he, at the end of volume one with the cancellation, he decided he wanted to retire. Yeah. So yeah, that... we open uh, volume two, known as the Fist of Concha, in yeah. Paris actually of all places where... Ah. He sort of retired with Marlene and, you know, he's sort of living a life just yeah. as Mark Spector. But the big draw of Volume 2 and where it came in is just a four-issue mini. Yeah. Was he got called back by Vision in his head by the the pre... Uh, what was it? The, the Priest of Konshu. Yeah, the three of them, him, right? Yeah. yeah. He basically told him, that, you know, he still had to continue his fight. And he got all... And in that run, he got all equipped up with this crazy new robes and these... Yeah. I think one of the biggest ones was a sort of a, a, a cross amulet that was a dagger. And was, yeah, yeah, I'll take that. It's called, it called an Ankh. An A-N-K-H. I don't know. Yeah, it's all these, it must be all these Egyptian kind of artifact things. Um, yeah, it's a very different, very different um, from, from Volume 1, I found. Mr. Conchu. Um, straight away, his costume's different. He's got a whole lot of Egyptian weapons that he uses. Like, he's got scarab darts. He's got boomerangs. He's got, like, um, he's got these gold bracelets. Uh, he's even got, like, a little insignia on his chest. As yeah, well. that's I can the, see over here. The anchor yeah, that's, as well. Well, that's the ank. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, it's very different. And, and the big thing with this, I think, this volume, is that he makes direct reference over and over again of how the moon kind of affects his strength, right? Yeah, and that's another thing. I'm, I'm not, I have no idea whether this even stuck in canon that mm. he he gained basically double the power of a regular human. Yeah, yeah. No, it was um, it, it's still in the canon, but I think it's kind of people kind of go, yeah, yeah, it happened, and, and yeah, it happened to him, um, but he's lost it for some reason, and it's never explained, so um, I think they kind of, you know, they respected this little run. Uh, Munch, by the way, uh, he said he hate, he and, and uh, Charlie Houston hate this run, actually, <laughs> um, from from <laughs> their interview, um, only because, like, what what it kind of did, but look, you've got to give, you've got to give credit, um, the creators and the writers were trying something different. Um, it didn't last too long. That was a direct reflection of the sales. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, the art's quite nice, actually. I'm looking at the art. It's uh, it's pretty cool. Who is? It's not um, it's not Sinkovich, is it? No, it's um. Oh, let me just pull up the oh, full thing. Chris, it's uh, yeah, Chris Warner. Written yeah. by Alan Zielnitz. Never quite heard of him doing... No, yeah, he kind of 
came and went, didn't he? <laughs> um, yeah, and Christian Warner. <laughs> it's a good, awesome art, actually. I really, I really like it. It's quite, um, yeah, it's quite textured. So yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah. Well, sorry. I mean, oh, I was just um, just sort of continuing on there that um, you know, we sort of this run sort of disregarded as well because you know, Charlie would take over and you know, throw this away and we'll get into yep. Mark Spector, but I don't think they ever really recalled on this. But I think one of the first things this really set up in later runs, the um, Charlie run, the Ellis, yep. Vengeance, Lemire, was actually Conchu's presence because in this one he's, he did actually become a figure that was gu- actually guiding Moon Knight. You had the priest telling him what yep. to do and that was sort of, that, however small this run may be, I think the fact of, it did have an impact on this character, the fact that mm. he did become sort of more spiritually connected. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's actually a really good point. I um, Yeah, I, I'd have to agree as well, um, because if you look at Volume 1, it's not so much. Um, but yeah, Volume 2 was the first time that you actually have him speaking to some sort of deity or a higher higher power, and, and that's definitely still... It's still runs through to the Lemire run at the end. So, um, yeah, that's a, that's a great point, I think. Okay, so um, next volume is uh, Mark Spector, Moon Knight. So this was this was a big run. It was the longest, one of the longest runs. It was a 60-issue run, um, and it started in 1989 uh, with writers from... big writers from Chuck Dixon, who, who did a... The Punisher and, and did Batman as well. Uh, J.M. D. Mateus, uh, Terry Kavanagh, and then you have some artists as well. Actually, one of my favourites, Sal Voluto. I don't know if you follow a lot of um, Black Panther, Connor, but Sal Voluto on Priest's Black Panther yeah. is just phenomenal. I love his art. Anyway, so he was. I was stoked to look back and see he actually did Moon Knight. Uh, you have Ron Garney, who's actually currently well recently had done Daredevil with Charles Sewell. Oh. Um, yeah, so he was doing Moon Knight back in the day. Um, and then you have um, a couple of others, Gary Kvapitz, uh, James Fry, and the big one, which all Moon Knight fans will know, is Stephen Platt. Mm. Um, he did, I think, four issues. So the last four issues or so of Moon Knight, um, of Mark Spector Moon Knight at the end. Uh, one of those issues, uh, I don't know, it goes for a few hundred dollars, these days, it's, it's a, a pretty sought-after collector's item. Uh, that's because Stephen Platt did a f- only a few issues of Moon Knight, and then he jumped onto Image um, uh, when they started, because they took off in the 90s as well. So he was very much in, along the lines of Todd McFarlane, Jim Lee, uh, even a bit of Rob Liefeld. So he had that kind of style. Uh, what I want to say about Mark Spector Moon Knight, um, <laughs> it, it's very much a 90s, 90s thing, Um there's actually no focus on his multiple personalities at all. Really? Uh, well, yeah. Because I've um I've never actually read this run. It was it's one mm. of the few runs that getting back into comics, you know, not being around in the nineties, has never been reprinted. Not even on Marvel Unlimited. With mm. total blackout. Yeah, that's, that's strange. I'm I'm thinking there's got to be an omnibus or a um a couple of volumes coming out soon because. Uh, it's it's a worthwhile it's a worthwhile read. Um, you get stuff. You get the introduction to Jeff Wild, um, who is uh, Midnight, who's um, the son of Anton Mogart, Midnight Man, who we discussed earlier. 
uh, and he comes back later. You'll see in the um, in the Charlie Houston run. Uh, what was big in the nineties was a lot of team ups. So mm. you had Moon Knight with Punisher, you had Moon Knight with Spider Man, you had Moon Knight with Ghost Rider. Um, even just starts, I think in the first issue he bumps into Black Cat. So in the nineties, it was very much Moon Knight is very much part of the Marvel universe. And they throw him in um, with everyone else in there. So you get a lot more um, guest stars. Um, there's a couple of big things um, that happen. Um, Frenchie, uh, actually, he suffers a massive accident. One of his many accidents of uh, losing his ability to walk. It's a bit of a re- recurring theme, actually. <laughs> um, and he has a, there's one great issue. He has a grudge match with Killer Shrike, who's a... He's a mutant, actually, uh, a B-list, Z-list villain. Um, and anyway, Frenchie takes him on by himself. He says, Mark, hang back, I got this. Um, he, he kits himself up with Kevlar, um, and he just goes toe-to-toe with his mutant. And, um, I don't know, uh, a bit of a Frenchie fan as well. This guy, Frenchie rocks, because to me, I, I describe him as he's a superhero. He's just as good as Mark, um, just as good as Moon Knight, but he hasn't got a costume. Yeah, you know, uh, he's he's kick-ass actually. So um, you get that in the '90s, and then y- you get the tie-ins with the massive events. So events started occurring in the '90s, like you have Acts of Vengeance, which was. Um, are you familiar with that? No, I I do know. What was it? Was it Infinity War that showed up later. Infinity or? War was there. Yeah, yeah. Acts of, Acts of Vengeance though was one of the uh, earlier ones. It wasn't an event so to speak, but it was a great crossover. I remember when I was um, when I was younger. Um, it's basically, the premise was, you got all these bad dudes, Doctor Doom, Magneto, uh, the Wizard, Loki, um, and they came up with, okay, the only way to beat the good guys is that we've got to switch it up, you know? So, look at your Spidey rogue gallery and get his villains to fight someone else. You know, yeah. get Moon Knight's villains to fight someone else. So um, it was really cool. I remember um, one of the issues. I one of my favourites was Thor versus the Juggernaut because um, you'd never see them fight ever. Um, so, so anyway, um, Moon Knight in the nineties, Mark Spector, um, he fights. Actually, he gets a pretty pissy one. <laughs> yeah. He fights. He fights this uh, this corporation called Ultimatum um, with some really Zless Z list characters um he teams up with punisher and they they defeat they defeat them so it was a bit of a nothing but he actually does bump into hobgoblin um so that was actually that was a pretty good moment and that actually defined the later end of the run um because it just expands like um oh my gosh we could spend so much on mark specter connor it's really it's really long i look forward to doing that and reading it as a first time yeah reader Okay, well, I won't, I won't spoil it, but in, in a nutshell, basically, um, the mythology of Moon Knight is expanded. Um, oh. Frenchie's origins are expanded as well, um, and it, it gets really, all I can say is it gets really, really weird. So, <laughs> so uh, Mark Spector Moon Knight, definitely recommended, um, but also, look, if you don't like 90s comics, um, just take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I guess that was also the start of the... Um Moon Knight Punisher sort of hangabout. I wouldn't call them friends or enemies. Yeah. Just sort of, yeah. Nah, definitely. There's actually a mutual respect there. You see, um, oh. Punisher doesn't really doesn't really like many people, right? Yeah. Okay, he he likes Captain America because uh, he 
uh, admires his his qualities, but you know Punisher pretty much hates everyone everyone else. Yeah. Um, with Moon Knight, I think there's an affinity because they're both military. Um, so uh-huh. yeah, so he pops in a few times in this in this uh, volume, um, and yeah, they 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 seem to get on okay. They have a few scraps, but you know nothing too serious. Um, yeah, so. Well, so that ended, uh, actually, I don't know what year that ended, actually. I think there was a bit of a hiatus. Um, yeah, um, well, I think even in that, um, if I remember my history of Moon Knight correctly, that even the end of that run um, actually was cancelled as well. That ended up yeah. being another sort of cancellation. And, um, yeah, he very much disappeared for a few years. He had two very short and forgotten mini-issues that oh, were... Yes. Um, what was it? Um, Monak returning to sort of help redefine the character, but once again, they were, they're were they super hard to find. I don't think mm. anywhere ever reprinted him. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Resurrection Wars, right? That was uh, one of the limited series. Yeah. Um, that was cool. And High Strangeness was the other one. Actually, High Strangeness won an award. I'm just trying to find out now. Um... It's uh, it actually won an award from something for for best miniseries, so that actually did quite well. But um, yeah, it was a short run. Um, basically, uh, it was I think it was High Strangeness. Jeez, um, I think it was that where he actually all his all his main villains got together and they try to they try to take out Moon Knight. But we'll, no. we'll have to we'll have to come back to that because yeah. I I can't remember too much on that. Um, I'm yeah, sure well, we'll cover it. Hopefully, hopefully we get all that stuff on Marvel Unlimited soon because I'd love to check this out on the pod, sort of. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, all right, so we're up to now, volume. Well, this is volume. This is technically volume three. Um, so Mark Spector Moon Knight is not allocated a volume. So um, this is actually the volume three, which is the. The Charlie Houston uh, run. So that this comes out in 2006, um, and as we've discussed before, it's very different. Um, so if you imagine the 90s, what I was just saying, um, 90s Moon Knight, it was a bit of a break, uh, a couple of miniseries, and then Charlie Houston comes back here and he just he just guns it. Um, yeah, well. I, I guess uh, what sort of became a popular theme with every single Moonlight run, it's always sort of a reset button hit to do something sort of new. Yeah, it's quite different. Um, and it's quite brutal, as you mentioned earlier. Um, so in this issue, Moonlight actually has retired. So there's some, been some time between the last miniseries and now. He's retired. Um, uh, and we look back and he's basically had this massive fight with Bushman, which um, debilitates him. He kind of um, his knees get crushed. He, he breaks his legs, um, but he still manages to to kill Bushman, um, not before cutting his face off. <laughs> so, uh, a little a little grisly. Classic but, um, Moon Knight, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it was quite yeah, it's quite quite grisly. Um, I think this is the first. Uh, I think houston is actually the one that coined the phrase i wear white so yeah i can see them coming i actually thought that was ellis but it's actually houston yeah that was um the very first issue actually was yeah. reading recently yeah and he actually it actually goes beyond that he actually goes um i wear white so they can see me coming 
and their hands shake so much that they can't even shoot the moon. So <laughs> that was the original kind of um, saying that he had. Um, the thing with Houston as well, again, a bit of a, um, a retcon. Uh, the background is, for Mark Spector's updated again, so he fought in the Gulf War um, as opposed to being a, uh, like a merc. Um, and also Frenchie's revealed as being homosexual, as a partner as well, um, and they run a, um, a restaurant called Untable, uh, and Frenchie has lost his legs. He's got artificial legs um, in that. Also we have the introduction of the profile, which some of the fans really like. Um, what did you think of the profile, Connor? Oh, I mean... Actually, I mean, probably to be a, a bit less... He probably wasn't my probably wasn't my favourite part of that run. Yeah. But I think it was sort of a necessary part of that run because what, what sort of um, Charlie sort of did with that run was very much strip him back to the basics. Yeah. And sort of just bounce off what were the core concepts of Moon Knight and everything that he'd become. So yeah, I think that that part worked well. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I think I think um I think that first arc to me with uh is just just so memorable and now we bottom. see him yeah, yeah. Reint yeah, reintegrate. Yeah, it's it's very good. Um and there around this time as well there's um events, so civil war had happened as well. Um so you have the um superhero registration act, which you see kind of falls into the Moon Knight volume. Um and there's a whole thing about, you know, whether Moon Knight should be registered or not, you know. Uh, he's a they all kind of view him as a bit psychotic, so it's kind of should we <laughs> should he even be registered? He's a bit of a loose cannon. Uh and what happens there is that he actually tricks the psychiatrist. Um won't get too much into it, but he tricks the psychiatrist um into deeming him um suitable for registration. So uh so he gets registered, um despite him being crazy and despite Tony Stark, I think, being up in arms against it. Uh, and, he, and he continues his way. And another thing that we have happen is uh, Norman Osborn. Um, yeah. He, he really has it for Moon Knight. So <laughs> towards the end of this volume, um, he hires people like Venom and Bullseye to try and kill Moon Knight. Um, and, uh, well, they obviously fail. <laughs> and Moon Knight ends up in Mexico. Um, and the last, um, the last bit of this volume is written by, um, I actually really like it. It's, yeah, uh, me too. It's written by Benson, Mike Benson. Um, and not familiar with any of his other stuff, but yeah. No, I think he's an author as well. I, I don't know. Anyway, I've got to check. We should really do our homework here, Connor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, well, um. Screenwriter, he, apparently. Screenwriter, there you go. Okay. Well, you know, we can we can get into all this, you know, in depth when we yeah, when we go in. We got plenty, more, in. We got plenty more to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is an overview, an overview. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So this his stint in Mexico again. He bumps into the Punisher. Mm, um, it's very brutal again. Um, you got. I love the Wrestling Brothers. They're awesome. Um, uh, they're good. Anyway, so uh, Moon Knight Volume Three with Houston and Benson. Um, really, really worth it. Uh, there are one, two, three, four, five, five trades um, of it out, um, but all all available on Marvel Unlimited, right? Yeah, and uh, just to 
sort of bring another point in. I think it's hard to go by without um, mentioning David Finch on this oh, and just yes. what yeah. he what he brought to the just the fight scenes and the brutality and everything, the the look, the figure of Moon Knight is, and, and when it comes down to the fact that you know he talks about you know. I'm I'm dressed in white, so they see me coming, and the handshake so much that they can't even hit the moon. And just how he drew them, drew yeah. Moon Knight, and that fight scene, that opening battles in the car that has them tumbling and falling. Yes, yeah. Just again, very cinematic. I I just love it. There's a uh, you see the motion as well. They they do the um, post effects of making it blurred. You know, so you get a lot of uh, kinetic energy from the from the artwork. Um, and Moon Knight's just so iconic, uh, uh, drawn by Finch, mm. I find. Um, just so, oh, man, he's awesome. So, he's, <laughs> uh, very detailed. He even does a really cool Spidey as well, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and Captain America. He's doing, um, he, he's doing um, sort of on and off on uh, Batman on the moment. Yeah, I think that's the one thing that will, well, one of the things that will probably get me into Batman. I think uh, I, I really want to dig david finch's art again so if anyone can get me into batman it will be finch yeah. <laughs> um right so next one we have um vengeance of the moon knight connor vengeance of the moon knight okay so in sort of a classic almost you know jumping from volume two fist the country to mark specter moon knight the end of um the volume three with Benson and Charlie, that final Benson run where he met up with the Punisher sort of had the, was it sort of corporate shift of Moon Knight to, you know, Marvel seeing him be popular and wanting him back with the other heroes yeah, yeah. to uh, to make him sell again. So after that run, we immediately open up with the, another resetted Moon Knight that after the crazy insanity of uh, Charlie's and Benson's run is just, Return to being this almost knightly figure, you know, very regal. This whole new suit, dressed in armor with yeah, two pistols and he's got guns. Yeah, he's got a, he's got a motorbike. How cool <laughs> is that? <laughs> he's just uh, he's rocking it, and he's got the um yeah, the armor looks cool. Like I'm just looking at the cover, um by is uh, by Lineal U, um awesome. Yes, very classic. Yeah, that's uh. Yeah, it's a really good run, actually. He bumps into the likes of Sentry, which was, you'd never think. Yeah, well, it, that yeah, that was another thing, like, getting those heroes in was how it changed how he sort of yeah. burst his villains and saved his allies, where, you know, he had Sentry popping up, telling yeah. Moon Knight about what it means to be a hero, yeah, Spider-Man's yeah. helping him out, Deadpool's trying to fight him. Do you, do you think, um, do you think this thing, oh, it must be, uh, Sentry and Moon Knight, there's a... A bit of a piss take on Superman and Batman. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. That's. Uh, I don't know too much about Sentry. I, I know he's crazy as well, right? Sentry's like um, totally off the. Yeah, off the well, wall. he's also another. Yeah, he's another character with um, three different sort of. I think it's. I think it's not so much identities with Sentry, but three different, you know, um, costume identities living inside him. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's. Don't know. Just, I just, just know he's pretty, uh, pretty strong. He can fly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, who, who else do we have here? And um, we've got the Scarecrow as well. Is we've got a very, uh, isn't Scarecrow DC? Um, I think Marvel have a Scarecrow as well, but he's rarely used. Yeah. Um, but he, yeah, he's here. Um, 
he he breaks out some some uh, he he's got Bushman the hood, um, he's got a really big dude, and uh, yeah 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 and Bush, so, yeah Bushman's back yeah yeah well that first sort of half of the run is Bushman breaking a bunch of people outside of an insane asylum like the yeah. scarecrow, yep. Yeah, no, it's a good it's a good run. Um, one of the things I love about it is uh, oh, there's this there's this little bit I'm looking at here which is really cool. Um, there's a little play on on Crawley. Um, do you remember that? He gets he gets whacked on the head. Crawley is this usually an articulate, really well spoken hobo, right? And I think he gets hit on the head, and then he starts talking um, like a street. You know, he starts talking like slang and stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sort of the try to make him that sort of full sort of almost hobo sort of homeless. They really try to make him that sort of archetype. Yeah. But then he gets hit again and he's back to his normal self. So, uh, look, one of the things I really love. Oh, here we go. One of the things I do like, um, and he did keep it from the Houston run. Is got you got um, Mark Spector still kind of haunted by Conchu. So you got little Conchu on his shoulder, um, and he pops up every now and again. He's kind of like the devil's advocate. Yeah. Um, um, so he's still troubled um, mentally, obviously. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, Bendis and uh, Ellis and Lemire, I suppose. You know, all the runs after him, sort of picking up this, but following the um, Charlie run that had him sort of set back down, like gone insane with insanity. This was sort of Mark suffering with an identity crisis. Yeah, I think at the start of this run, he only had like Jake Lockley left as an identity. Yeah, right. Okay. Oh, and then also, um, God, there's like characters galore here. You got <laughs> Deadpool here, which is yeah, really cool. There's a he nice was a fight. With, yeah, nice fight with Deadpool. Um, and yeah, towards the end, you have you have the Avengers, basically. Yeah, you have Valkyrie, Beast. Um, is there? Well, yeah, the um, final final issue issues in this tennis shoe run, I'm not sure whether it's the final one or however, but the the final bit was actually to set up his reoccurring appearance as a part of the Secret Avengers. Uh, yes, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I see which... Ant- Ant-Man and, yeah. Yeah, Ant-Man, yeah, but... Hawkeye yeah. hated him in that. Yeah, yeah, and they still, yeah, I'm just looking at the page now, they kind of... <laughs> They're kind of all huddling around each other, and they've kept Moon Knight just by himself because they just don't know how to handle him, right? Yeah. I think it suffered. this era kind of suffered by the fact Marvel did try to sort of push this new sort of heroic with the Avengers sort of look that didn't sell that well. And then once he got in the secret Avengers, you know, that character didn't kind of gel, so he sadly got kicked out about halfway through that secret Avengers run. Ah, right. By, um, oh, I can't remember. Is it Hawkeye? I'm not sure he's on that team or, like, Ant-Man, but, yeah, they basically go, no, you're too insane to be with us. Ah, right. Yeah. That's that's not very nice. That's not very hero-like. Yeah, and that's, that would lead us to that whole new blank slate of, uh, dead sails for the Bendis run. Yeah. So the Bendis run, uh, (laughs) very polarizing volume uh it came out i think 2011 2012 uh look some people some people we know some people that that really like it um and i know a lot of people that really hate it (laughs) it's uh it's 12 issues long look 
the main the main I think gripe with this is that as with a lot of Bender stuff, he kind of disregards history um, of the <laughs> character, which can be refreshing because it can be look you know I'm, I'm going to take this character on a on a new angle, but um, at the same time as well, it can be a little disconcerting if you really do love the character, you want it to gr- you want him to grow. Um, so Bendis, yeah, really takes uh, creative license with Moon Knight in these twelve issues. Look, I don't mind it; I think it's all right. Um, uh, it comes after Shadowland, uh, so Moon Knight appears um, in Shadowland, which was, I think, a bit of a, a bit of a failure as well. Have you read Shadowland? Yeah, well, it was. Yeah, that was massively hated, and yeah. I suppose that kind of rubbed off on me as such a new reader to everything. I, was, mm. I kind of disregarded it, but I think we should definitely give it a whole new look back especially since out of everything so. the moon Knight yeah. run on it was pretty celebrated actually yeah and and well and the fact as well if you again you look at the netflix shows daredevil um i think they take a lot from shadowland as well yeah. uh, it just seems like you know he, you know he hasn't uh, he hasn't gone bad or anything like that but there's a whole hand side of things um so it's definitely you know not disregarded um but the bendis run uh yeah, look, uh, the first thing I'll say uh, is that towards... Basically, if you look at the very end, so the whole thing about Moon Knight being a lone solo hero, trying to work it out himself, um, and for 12 issues or 11 issues, he, he tries to do it. He has some small successes, but he fails. Then what does he do? He calls the Avengers, and bang, it's over. They, they, they uh, defeat Count Nefaria. You know, they basically you know, put the the queue up in the rack and they, they solve the... Uh. Yeah, well, I mean, that was that was another strange part. Um, how, how did how did you feel about the identities in general? Because... I, th- I, thought, yeah, I thought it was a fresh take. You know, oh, look, having Spider-Man... There was a reveal as well of them being the personalities at the yeah. end of the first issue. That was pretty cool. Uh, I don't know if it was cool, cool, or if it was, like, novel. Yeah. <laughs> You know, just for the the sake of doing it, um, it you know, on a marketing point of view, you've got you've immediately got Wolverine, Spider Man, Captain America in your book. You know, regardless of if they're real or not. Um, so it was a bit of a sneaky move by by Bendis to do that. But um, yeah, uh, look, I didn't mind them, but I'd much prefer Moon Knight being the way he's meant to be. Mm. <laughs> how, about you, how about yourself? Yeah, yeah. I mean. Bendis run I don't have much memory of, except I really did love Echo in that run. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, another one I look forward to looking up on this podcast. But for all listeners, yep. um, the new deluxe hardcover collecting all 12 issues is actually oh, coming yes. out fairly soon. That will be a nice way to read up on that and recapture. Yeah, you can just read it from beginning to end. It'll be <laughs> in one big run. Uh, yeah, look, uh, f- for new new Moon Knight fans, um, those who want to get into him, uh, I certainly don't um, not recommend the Bendis run. I reckon give it a go. Um, judge for yourself. Um, but it is, again, a very different run from all the others. And as I said before, that's the beauty of Moon Knight. Um, every volume is different. Um, and you take it as it is. Which then, I guess, leads us into the whole new reset button <laughs> of Moon Knight. <laughs> yes, with exactly. the um, 
17, 16 issue? I can't believe I don't even remember that. Uh, oh gosh, good, good point. Here we go. Uh, one, two, three. 17. 17. Live research on the pod. Yes. Um, with the Ellis Wood, um, Warren Ellis, uh, Brian mm-hmm. Wood, and Cullen Bunrun each doing about six issue arcs. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a it was a whole new era after that massive Bender shakeup. And what the run set out to do was take him directly back to the streets, take him back to all those personalities, all those all the street fighting supernatural crime. And that's where we got the whole new inclusion of the the new personality, Mr. Knight, to ground us yes. back in the world. So Mr. Knight was um you know, he's pretty big now in the Ellis and Lemirons, yeah. but he was a he's a new detective style personality of um Mark. Yeah. That uh, essentially works with the um, NYPD. Uh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah with Detective um, Flint. Yeah. Flint. Yeah, in, in fighting crime, and uh, he sort of uses that character to take us back to the streets to see how Moon Knight's that uh, Mark's dealing with everything, and um, what sort of what this whole run was about was uh, sort of once again sort of tearing back Moon Knight. And focusing on specific bits, so like the original Monecron, this was very one-shot. Mm-hmm. There was sort of no real chronology until the very end of with Bond, but it sort of took an aspect, an identity, a villain, and that one issue refleshed it out. Yeah, and it was sort of it, it was very much a new entry for readers, and that Moon Knight was a whole new personality to attach to. It was yeah. more successful than Wolverine, Spider-Man, and Cap. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And I think we've mentioned before as well, I think what really makes Ellis's um, six issues really great is Shelby's art. Oh, it would have been nothing without that art. Just it, He's phenomenal as well. Um, so, look, Moon Knight seems to attract a lot of really good writers and artists, or I don't know, it might be sheer luck, but Shelby's, um, again, uh, highly recommend. Um, you have a look at the first six issues. Uh, it's quite violent um, and it's quite trippy as well. There's uh, the issue with... Um, I don't know how to explain it. There's uh, a lot of mushrooms, uh, a lot of uh, uh, floating around, uh, Alice in Wonderland kind of stuff. Yeah, that an, expo- an exploration of a haunted mind in a yeah fungus-grown man. You also have, um, as well, the introduction of his other costume, which is the more Egyptian conjure yeah. costume. Yeah. Um, and that's pretty cool as well. I've seen a few um, photos of people cosplaying that. It's it's quite very a very impressive. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's too. not. Yeah. Oh no, that was all. Oh, <laughs> uh, I was about to say it's it's not very practical, but <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's it's pretty cool to look at. Um, yeah. So uh, I actually enjoyed. Apart from Ellis, I did really like the bun run. I think there was a lot of really good stuff there. There was some whacked out stuff there's this like woman here um at the end god what's her name um she can you see that oh i'm just just showing um yeah connor a picture there uh really weird she's on these little bloated postules of of creature um but it gets really whacked out uh he fights the the boogeyman the bogeyman boogeyman um which is really good and yep just a lot of uh 
a lot of violence, <laughs> which is fun, <laughs> which is fun as well. Um, oh, you, you just got to love it. So, yeah, no, a really good, um, really good run. What would you say? Would you say out of the three um, riders, is there a c- connecting tissue between? Well, um, it was sort of um, Ellis and Wood were very one shot. You know, they were sort of. It was why it was popular. It was such a celebration of Moon Knight. They took like they took like one bit of Moon Knight, an aspect, an issue, and explored that. But they put enough little bits, hints of story that when Bun took over round yeah. issue ten, that he used those last issues to tie up the narrative with the sorry the very um honshu based plot and yeah. he yeah he, there was a bunch of threads about you know a church of honshu and someone trying to take over that church that reevaluated what we knew of honshu and very much explored that more i think no run before this had ever had honshu as such a prominent figure mm-hmm yeah, it's um, yeah, it's a very good, it's a very good, um, very good series. I think um, it's yeah. I mean, so, I don't know, don't know what else to say. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's it's really yeah, it's really good. Um, readily available, uh, Marvel yeah. Unlimited, as well as you can get the trades. They're still around. I'm hoping actually that there's a some sort of hardcover or something of it. I think that'll be really cool to get them all together. Um, sure. But they they do work on their own, like Ellis, uh, Wood, and Bun. So, yeah, so definitely check it out. Um, and then finally, look, we're going to be covering most of this, well, um, over the next coming weeks, but we finally come to the latest and last uh, volume for Moon Knight, which is the Jeff Lemire, Greg Smallwood um, mm. uh, volume. So, I don't know, what how would you describe that, Connor? Um... Well, I think sort of, you know, they sort of stripped him away to look at every part of him, but Lemire very much took Moon Knight as a character and completely deconstructed him. Mm. You know, it's very much sort of a look inside the mind of Moon Knight. Moon Knight, what makes Moon Knight Moon Knight? And it's this very uh, mental, subconscious-based look at Moon Knight and... It's very hard to explain without going issue by issue. But yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Uh, you know, look, what what I like about it is that ambiguity between... Yeah. It, it's straight off the bat of, um, okay, has he made it all up? Like, you know, uh, is he is this reality, him in the asylum? Uh, and, and has all these inv- adventures just been uh, a figment of his... Ma- I love that beginning um, with him oh. in the asylum. Uh, and you're not knowing, like... It's funny because, like, you we go through all the past issues and then you're up to volume six, you're reading it and immediately you're kind of questioning, hang on, um, yeah, is it is it true? Um, yeah. So, and then it just gets whacked out with the Overvoid, which is apparently the place where Conchu and like-minded deities come from. Um, yeah, well, I think uh, Conchu in this run actually sort of became almost Moon Knight's Joker, almost that big villain. He was... Mm. Yes, he himself, Yeah, he actually became a full-blown expanded character that yeah. stood against. Yeah, yeah. Actually, um, similar to some of the, pre- you end up kind of really hating Conchu. I actually yeah. don't really like Conchu at all. Um, 
you know, at first you read Moon Knight, you go, okay, Conchie is cool. He gave him kind of, gave resuscitated, oh, not resuscitated, res- resurrected him. <laughs> um, on the ground. Yeah, resurrected him, but like, um, no, I think he's a bit of a, he's a bit of a dick, actually. Um, you know, he just, what does he, he really wants to suppress, um, and that's the impression I get in this series. He wanted to really suppress uh, Mark um, and just keep him kind of under his thumb. Mm. Yeah, so, um, yeah, definitely, definitely worth a check out. Uh, look, the, the great art as well. Smallwood is, I think, peerless at the moment. He's just fantastic, um, doing great stuff. Not only with uh, the artwork, but you know, we we've had many a discussion about the layouts and Geordie Belair, actually. Yeah, she, well, I mean, she's really the unsung hero of even the previous run, where she did all the colours of all seventeen mm. issues, I think. Yeah, and her with um, Smallwood's just the perfect match of making these layouts, these. You know, for su- for a book that's exploring the subconscious, just these completely dreamlike, crazy layouts—they just perfect. Yeah, it's um cr- the amount of work that she does as well. Her name is on practically every comic book you see, you see. Uh, it's crazy what she gets through. But to not only do that, just the quantity, but the amount of time she would have had to consider um, how to how to color. You know what kind of tone we're looking for with Lemire's story. It's just phenomenal. Um, not only that, but there's a um, in the middle arc, I think, um, where each of Mark's personalities yeah. are reflected with different artists. Uh, I think that's a stroke of genius. Um, so you got. Uh, did we ever find out who that that third artist was? <laughs> so, so you have. Um, yeah, let's let's have a look. Um, so you had uh, Greg Smallwood, obviously, was the main main guy. Uh, you had Jake Lockley, who's a cab driver. He was f- uh, drawn by Francesca Francavilla. Um, really nice. Oh, I don't know what you call it, noir. Um, um, mm. uh, oh, the colours in that is hard to describe. A lot of reds and and blues and yellows. It's very um, yeah, very noir. Um, then you have James Stoko um, doing the weird wacky werewolves from space component of Moon Knight Uh, again uh, what would you call that like kind of indie underground kind of art yeah well Um, yeah it was sort of supposed to be you know Stephen Grant's own film yeah right right Um, yeah Wolf Wolf Fredo Fredo Torres was the third artist oh right okay so Wolf he had a really nice clean clean look to his Stephen Grant world basically um, you know the dapper kind of part of, of Moon Knight, so yeah, I really re- highly recommend uh, the Lemire run, and not just saying that because it's the newest one. It really is um, an important, I think, arc for Moon Knight, or sorry, volume for Moon Knight overall. Um, and I think there's so many ways that you can actually go from where Lemire has left Moon Knight. So. Um, Again, look, they might just set the reset button and, yeah. and we get something totally different again. But, um, look, it's definitely worth checking out. So, um, yeah, yeah, I'm happy with that. Yeah, well, well, that's really taken us up to current day. We're still yeah. waiting for this new announcement of the new creative team. And uh, yes. much, next week we'll be diving into the first issue of Lemire, so we won't yep. go so too we'll much doing- into that. Yeah, exactly. Um, we'll be doing that. We'll also be uh, potentially looking at a classic run. Um, we'll figure that out. I'm, I'm kind of looking at the Marvel preview, actually. Um, mm. I think that's a really nice story to to kind of get your teeth sunk into. Um, one of one of the earlier runs, I think from the 70s. 
uh, and also we'll just cover news and we'll keep a close eye on anything TV or movie wise as well as the creative team this is what we're kind of sweating on so um yeah so uh hopefully we'll have something for you hopefully um next time we see you so um yeah any uh any final words connor no i'm just uh very excited to finally have this out here and have uh all these loonies on board for our crazy dive into this world and all the issues news yeah oh no definitely and look um you can catch us um at into the night have, just have a look for into the night a moon night i haven't even figured it out yet what, what should we call it uh, into the night a moon night fan base or a, fo- a moon night fan group um yeah that works <laughs> okay look i'm going to change the name it's it's uh if you get on it to it before it um by any chance and it's still the fist of conchu just look up fist of conchu um otherwise check out the facebook group um which will be called into the night um we also have an email address um let me just pick that uh, moon night podcast at gmail.com uh, you can find excellent. us on the site you've probably most likely gotten this from uh yep. moon night podcast wordpress uh, yes, actually, I think that's changed. I think it's into oh. the night, uh, into the night podcast um, dot wordpress dot com. Um, so we'll be posting up all the podcasts from there uh, as well. Um, and yeah, we also have a chat room. It's called the Looney Bin. Um, so I don't know if you can find that, um, or if you you have to join the uh, the Facebook group first to to get in there. But uh, yeah, glad to have you with us. Um, and yeah, we'll definitely see you next time. May Konshu watch over the travelers of the night. Goodbye, everyone. Uh, catch you later. See ya. Moon Knight and affiliated characters, stories, and events are properties of Marvel Characters Incorporated. Materials used and discussed within the podcast are intended for critique and review purposes only under the fair dealing concept of the current Copyright Act. The views, information or opinions expressed during the podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the copyright owners.